0: I think I am most of the time.
1: Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone.
0: You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll never miss an episode.
1: We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday.
2: From The New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is A Daily. Our nation needs to be credible and strong. When we say we're somebody's friend,
3: everybody's gotta believe it. I see a future when the world is at peace with the United States of America, promoting the values of democracy and human rights and freedom all around the world.
2: Over the past several decades of presidential debates. The president didn't find
3: weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, so he's really turned his campaign into a weapon of mass deception. Sometimes in this world, you make unpopular decisions because you
2: think they're right. Americans have watched as candidates display differences
4: of policy. I want to go through the federal budget line by line, page by page. Programs that don't work, we should cut. Programs that we need, we should make them
5: work better. A government spending has gone completely out of control. Ten trillion dollar debt were given to our kids. Uh, half a trillion dollars we, we owe China. Personality. I- I'm going to stop the subsidy to PBS. I'm going to stop other things. I like PBS. I love Big Bird.
2: And style.
1: There was even a time when he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program three years in a row and he started tweeting that the Emmys were rigged. Should have
2: gotten it. But the first debate of this year's general election stood out for an unprecedented level of chaos. It's Wednesday, September 30th. Alex, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for making time for us.
4: I just feel invigorated by that exercise in democracy. So I could go for a while.
2: (laughs) Well, we're going to try to not have you go for a while because it is 1210 in the morning. Um, I think I probably have watched 30-plus presidential debates in my life, but I don't think I've ever felt so physically or emotionally depleted as I did after this one, almost like in an altered state.
4: It was pretty grim. I mean, there was not a lot, looking back on that debate, to feel like it was a serious exchange of views between the two people who are— vying to lead the most powerful country in the world for the next four years. And to be explicit about it, obviously, the reason why the evening took that course was because the president decided to shove it down that course.
2: Well, let's talk about that. Heading into this debate, in your mind, what was it about for both candidates? What were they trying to do?
4: Well, let's start with Joe Biden, because I think that's in some ways the simpler one. This was an opportunity for him to try to close the deal with the American people. Most voters are uh, either committed to him or leaning towards him in this Mm -hmm. campaign. Uh, The president's unpopular. Joe Biden's the alternative. He's doing well. And he's generally seen in favorable terms by the public. So the debate was an opportunity to tell people a little bit more about what he actually wants to do as the president. And ideally, he would want to put to rest any concerns that people may have about the fact that he'd be the oldest president uh, ever elected. So I think those were really his goals going into the debate. And for President Trump, it's a taller order politically to try to transform or at least in some way change a race that he is right now pretty clearly losing. So I think going into the night, it was not clear whether that would take the shape of just straight up attacks on Joe Biden, whether it would look like hearing something new or different from him on any of the major themes of the campaign, whether it's the pandemic or the economy or law and order, or whether it would be the sort of flip over the table and start a bar fight uh, approach to just, you know, (laughs) create chaos, right? To change the race from a pretty stable race that he is losing to just a messy race that is messy for the sake of being messy. And I think we obviously know which approach he took.
2: So in summary, goals, seal the deal for Biden, change the subject, make a mess for Donald Trump. Right. Right. Good evening.
3: I'm Chris Wallace of Fox News, and I welcome you to the first of the 2020 presidential debates between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President
2: Joe Biden. And how do those strategies play out in the actual debate? As you were alluding to, President Trump's strategy felt far more present as a viewer.
5: Obama Gentlemen, care, you realize if you're good, both yo. speaking at the same time...
4: Right. I think it was clearly a, a choice by the president to... Put on this display of pugilism and just raw personal dominance of the stage, uh, kind of uh, based on any pretext at any time. He doesn't know so
0: how. He doesn't know how I've to do that. Fixed it. He has never I've offered fixed a plan. It
5: to an extent. He has Obama never can, done a as single you might thing. Know,
4: it seems doesn't. the
2: president's number one tactic here was just interrupt, interrupt,
0: interrupt, so constant. And so the election is all You don't know it's begun. on the ballot. Why is it in the ballot? Because it's not in the ballot. It's on the ballot in the court. I don't think so. In the court. Well, There's nothing happening there. Donald, you And you, you just don't know her
5: view on Roe v. Wade. Right. Joe, you've had 308,000 military people dying because you couldn't provide them proper health care.
4: That's right. It really shaped the evening more than anything else. It was just the president's penchant for interrupting, taunting Biden while he was speaking.
5: Not I'm, here, so I'm here,
0: standing facing
4: Pocahontas you already. Pocahontas
5: would have left well, two days early. You, you would have lost every primary all he knows how to on do Super is hurt. Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. Look, there's a the deal. I got
4: very talking late. under his breath as a way of distracting from whatever Biden and the moderator, Chris Wallace, were doing. Whether that's a tactic that translates to doing anything productive in a debate in an election that you're losing, I'm not so sure. I'm not going to answer the
0: question Why because, you that because question? The, you question to the question is, the question is, the radical left.
5: Will you shut who is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This, Who's is on so right. this is so, gentlemen, I think this this is we've ended so this
3: one. going to
5: Alex, I
2: court. noticed that in these moments, sometimes Joe Biden would kind of lash out. Folks,
5: folks, absolutely folks agree do you have any an idea what this socialized. clown's doing? Call,
2: call the president a clown or say... Shut up already.
5: You were a senator. And You're by the, the worst way, you president in America has huh? ever had. Hey, hey Come Joe, on. Let, me,
2: let me just tell you, Joe. I've done but more. In- a lot of other times. He just seemed to close his eyes and almost meditate as if he'd been trained by someone to not lose his cool. Uh, almost as if he had
4: been trained uh, by, by someone, <laughs> almost as if he'd been practicing that uh, extensively. No, this was a major area of focus for Joe Biden going into the debate. Look, Joe Biden has a real temper, and uh, I think that we have seen at times what it looks like for Biden to lash out to the full extent of his ability. And he didn't do that during the debate, and I think that is something of a disappointment uh, to the Trump camp that you know the president was was pushing a bunch of buttons, uh, especially about the Biden family, that they thought really had the potential to get Biden to go off the handle. China
5: yeah. ate your lunch, no. Joe, and but, no wonder okay. your son goes in and he takes out. He takes out billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage—
4: You saw at a a number of points in the debate the president go after Joe Biden's living son, Hunter, for his overseas business activity, sometimes in really false or exaggerated terms. But there are questions about— Hunter's overseas business activity. The mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son $3.5 million. That's what did he
0: true. do to
5: deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to
0: deserve $183,000? None, none of that is true.
4: None of that is true. Oh, really? He totally no, did $3.5 no.
3: Mr. President. Totally
4: All of that seemed like it might be building up to some bigger blowup between the two men about Hunter Biden. What happened instead?
0: And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being... and, 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 and just being suckers...
4: My son- ...was that Joe Biden mm-hmm. talked about his other son, Bo.
0: My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got, the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot, and the people left behind uh-huh. there were heroes. Really? And I resent. Are you about Mike Hunter? Hill. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking
5: about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about Hunter. I don't know Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. For he wasn't dishonorable. Cocaine use. And,
4: and his response been been was really dismissive. He said, I don't know Bo. I know Hunter. And then immediately leans back into a really harsh personal attack on. Joe Biden's living son.
5: He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow that is and various not other places. True. He
0: my made son, a fortune. My son. And he didn't have a job. My son. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it and I'm proud of him. But why was I'm he given tens of millions but he wasn't given tens of millions? That is of totally that uh, Trump. Trump. Right, it's
2: interesting in this extremely intense moment involving the president's son, not only did Joe Biden not lose his cool, he seemed to go out of his way not to retaliate in a way that, because if you're a political strategist, might have felt kind of intuitive.
4: I think that's right. And, and he really actually drew attention uh, to that fact at a couple different points saying, you know, here's the deal.
0: We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family. We could talk about all night. His family's my already. Family's, no, 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 him, my, my family, my family lost wrote. a
5: fortune by okay. coming down and helping us with government. Go ahead, and that's every, such a, a, here, Mr. That's such every every a great. Every single one of them lost. This a fortune. is not about my family or his
0: family. It's government. about your family, they the didn't American buy people. He doesn't. That's not true. It doesn't want to talk about what you need, you, the American people. It's about you. That's what we're talking about. Alex, what do
2: you make of that approach? To not strike back. In moments like this, when the president is being so pugilistic, is that a missed opportunity potentially to damage the president?
4: The honest answer to that question is, I don't know. I think the theory of the debate and of the campaign on the Biden side of this is that when they're talking about the president and the coronavirus and the economy, they are winning. And when they are talking about the president's chosen topics, then that gives the president— at least some political oxygen that he wouldn't ordinarily have. So why would you have a protracted debate about family ethics when you are winning the debate on the main issue of the election?
2: So let's talk about the pandemic, because it seems that one of the ways that President Trump would need to change the nature of this campaign, which you said was his goal in this debate, given the polling, is by changing how people think about his handling of the coronavirus. So how did that go?
5: President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns, we got the masks, we made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators.
4: Well, for the most part, we heard from the president what we have heard before on the pandemic.
5: So we built the greatest economy in history. We closed it down because of the China plague. When the plague came in, we closed it down, which was very hard. But what happened is we closed it down and now we're reopening and we're doing record business.
4: He defended his handling.
5: And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already.
4: He dangled the possibility of a fast vaccine. We know that there are a lot of reasons to believe that that is not an imminent development.
0: We should be providing all the protective gear, we should be providing the money the House has passed in
4: order to... We heard from Joe Biden, I think, a somewhat more restrained critique of the president than we might have expected. He talked about the importance of wearing masks. He talked about uh, the importance of social distancing. There wasn't the kind of top-to-bottom denunciation of the president's handling that I think some of us might have expected coming into the debate. You folks at home, how many of you get up this morning and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID. He did use that segment to talk directly to people who had lost family members and loved ones in the pandemic. How many of you were in a situation where you lost your
0: mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a phone up so you could in fact say goodbye? You would have lost far more people. Far more people. And, you would have been and by the way, your own, his, uh, his, own, his own CDC director says we could lose as many as another 200,000. But
4: there, too, we saw him really struggle to keep his focus and flow amid the president's interruption.
0: I don't trust him at all, nor do you. I know you don't. What well, we trust is a scientist. You don't we trust, trust Dr. Johnson, Fauci. Johnson we, 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 and Johnson, Pfizer. Okay, by you know, the gentlemen, gentlemen, that, gentlemen
3: let, me, let me move on to questions about the future because you both have touched on one of the... Two of the questions
2: I'm going to ask. Alex, I wonder if you thought that Joe Biden made clear the distinctions of how he would handle the pandemic versus how the president has handled the pandemic. Because I have to imagine that there are Americans for whom the pandemic is clearly the issue, the leading issue in this election, but they aren't quite sure what Joe Biden would do about
4: it. Right, I think that there are clear contrasts about, you know, who is respectful of medical science generally, who believes in measures like mask wearing and social distancing. I don't know that there is, in the minds of most voters, a more cohesive sense of what would a Biden-led America have done starting in February or earlier and running through uh, today and what might our lives look like under Those circumstances. I do think it's one of those opportunities that's still just kind of sitting out there for Biden to talk in a more extensive and far reaching way about how different Americans' lives might be if we had handled this the way other countries did.
2: We'll be right back.
1: 3M is using science and innovation to help the world respond to COVID-19 and taking action to support communities in the fight. Since the outbreak, 3M has responded with cash and product donations, including surgical masks, hand sanitizer, and respirators through local and global aid partners. In addition, 3M plants are running around the clock, producing more than 95 million respirators per month in the U.S. Learn how else 3M is helping the world respond to COVID-19. Go to 3M.com COVID. 3M Science. Applied to life.
2: So, next up, Alex, in this strategy of the president's in this debate, seemed to be his effort to paint Biden as a tool of the left and to convince voters that he would govern outside the mainstream.
5: Right. Number one. Joe, you agree with Bernie Number Sanders I, I, far I left on the manifesto, when, when we new, call it. and That gives you
4: socialized
5: medicine. Look, hey,
4: if there was a through line to the president's attacks on Biden tonight, that was it. This idea that. When it comes to health care... You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan... Joe Biden and the Democratic Party are way to the left. Do you have any idea what plan, this mom's doing? they call it do you know have Socialized medicine. They want to end private insurance and do Medicare for all. And here's He's the talking deal. talking about the Green hey, New Deal. And when it comes to energy, they want to... Million, as you said, I'm t- it's... One hundred trillion dollars. You know, talking- he talked about implementing the Green New Deal, and he talked about more specifically. Not-
5: where airplanes are out of business, a- where two car systems are out, where they want true. to take out the cows, too. You know, that's true. not true either, right? Like
4: not- getting rid of cows and some other sort of outlandish caricatures <laughs> of what the left wing of the Democratic Party uh, wants to do. And on law and order. So we have to be engaged. That's not what they're talking
5: about, Chris. That's not what they're talking about. He's talking about defunding the police. That
4: is not true. And
5: he doesn't want to say law and order because he can't, because he'll lose his radical left supporters. And once he does that, it's over with. But if he ever got to run this country and they ran it the way he would want to run it, we would have our suburbs would be gone. By the way, our suburbs would be gone.
4: Over and over, we heard the president accuse Biden of taking these far left positions. And Biden would just say, No, I don't.
0: Right. That's not that's not my position. Right. You know, the fact of the matter is I beat Bernie Sanders, not by I'm, much. I, I
4: beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm not here I'm much. here standing facing you To me, one of the most telling moments of the debate was when Biden was distancing himself from one or another of those proposals and and the president was saying, Well, you know, your party is that far left. And it's
5: not what that your is, party has said. That is simply your party doesn't say it. your party wants seven. to go socialist. My
4: Medicine party is and me socialist right healthcare. now. And Biden's response was, I am the Democratic Party right now.
0: I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Not Democratic to Party to is what I, in fact, approved of. What I approved of.
4: Which, you know, mm-hmm. is something of a questionable assertion. I don't know that it's really the case that the totality of the Democratic Party is best represented by Joe Biden at this time. But as a practical matter, it's true. Joe Biden is the standard bearer of the Democratic Party. If the next president is a Democrat, it will be him. And I'm not sure that the president has figured out how to work around the reality that his opponent is a pretty mainstream political figure.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk more about the most memorable exchanges they had when it comes to the issue on which it really feels like the president has worked the hardest to portray Biden and all Democrats, as extremists and as dangerous, which is law and
4: order. We have heard the president really stake his candidacy on this idea that Democrats aren't just far to the left, but they will make you unsafe in your home and in your communities. And we heard him really go at Biden quite hard and quite insistently, he has no law enforcement H- that's
0: support. That's not true. Almost that's nothing. Not...
4: On this notion that you are not adequately supportive of the police, law enforcement is not supportive of you. Name one group that supports you. Name
5: one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, think about about it. It. All Name
0: right, Name one folks, law enforcement
5: folks. group. That
0: came back. Well, I out think
3: and I, gentlemen, I Joe. think I'm going, to t- I'm going to take back
4: the You know, the president was correct when he was sort of challenging Biden to name law enforcement organizations that support him. There are law enforcement officials that support Joe Biden, but the big police unions and police federations are largely supporting. Uh, Donald Trump in the campaign. So that's mm-hmm. something that the president sees as an important political asset for him.
5: Here's the but thing. I, no, that, I sent sir, in the no, U.S. Wait, I asked marshals him a to get the killer no, of that, the young man that, in the middle of the street, n- they shot him. And uh, for three days, uh, Portland wouldn't do Trump, anything. I had to send in the U.S. Marshals, president they took Trump, care of business. Go ahead, uh, sir.
4: You know, but Michael, the law and order argument is not an uncomplicated one for the president politically, that there's a reason why we have seen in our own polling that more voters trust Joe Biden on the issue than trust the president. And it's because they don't see him as somebody who is actually interested in calming the country down, making things less violent, less disruptive.
0: You know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think Kellyanne Conway. I don't
4: think she said that. that. And just generally safer. And I think we really saw that dynamic on display when the president was asked to condemn violence by white supremacists and extreme right groups.
3: But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically
5: that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right. He
4: well, gave this kind of initially very blasé answer that, you know, Chris Wallace was asking him, do you denounce white supremacy, far-right groups? And the president said, sure.
5: I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it.
4: Do it. Say it. And Chris Wallace said, go ahead.
5: Do you want to call him... What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white's name. Right like White Supremacists and Right Patriots. Proud Boys. Malaysia.
4: And that's when Joe Biden mentioned the Proud Boys. This is an extreme right mm-hmm. group that sees itself as being affiliated with the president and his political movement and the president did not denounce them. The proud, yeah. boy. proud Boys
5: stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you
4: what. He said stand back and stand by. That was his message yeah. to them, which w- What know, does stan- that mean? You know, that's going to be a question for the president to answer, but I don't know any formulation of the words stand by that counts as I denounce them or I reject them or shame on them. And Mm -hmm. this has been just from the very beginning of this president's political career, something that I think swing voters, a lot of voters who are not swing voters have seen as deeply disturbing about him is his apparent discomfort with the... Political norm of simply rejecting people who are dangerous and outside the mainstream.
5: Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right
0: his wing own, problem. This own is, own is a left wing problem. This said is a, a left wing ahead, problem. I'm a white supremacist. Ahead, Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it, Not kidding. militia. That's what oh, really? his tonight FBI. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then, gonna, you know we're, what? No, no, He's no we're, done, we're done, sir. Everybody,
3: we're moving on to the next. We're moving
0: the
2: well, that actually reminds me of something that the president said in the final exchange of the night as well. And I want to talk about that exchange. It was pretty remarkable. It was about the integrity of the election itself. And it seemed this back and forth to really sum of the two approaches that these candidates were taking all night.
4: It really did. And The president's answer, I think, was not a reassuring one to people who are concerned about having an orderly and respectful resolution to this election in November.
3: What are you prepared to do to reassure the American people that the next president will be the legitimate winner of this election.
4: Joe Biden responded to that question by... If you're able to vote early in your state, vote early. ...talking about the importance of voting and voting by whatever means are available uh, to you, and said that, yes...
0: If I win, that will be accepted. If I lose, that'll be accepted.
4: The president didn't say that.
5: This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen.
4: He strung together a bunch of misleading suggestions in
5: manhattan take a look at what happened in new jersey take a look at what happened in virginia and other places
4: about not losing impropriety 200%. in the election that's uh, already underway and said that he wants his supporters to go to the President. polls i'm urging
5: my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen i am
4: urging them to do it and i think it does point to the very valid reasons why people are concerned about just what kind of conduct is going to go on on Election Day.
2: And just because I don't want to have to read between the lines here, it seemed like the president was urging supporters to go to the polls and watch in a way that might end up feeling like a form of voter intimidation.
4: You know, he didn't say that, right? And I think there's a fine line between legitimate poll-watching and poll-monitoring and, yeah, activity that is explicitly designed to intimidate people and deter them from voting. That's a distinction with very, very serious legal implications, and those are legal implications that I expect will be plumbing on Election Day.
2: Mm -hmm. And overall, it also feels reflective, this exchange of another theme of this evening, which is the president does not seem to be making really any strong effort to appeal to voters outside his base. I mean, think about this strategy of interruption. Think about the way he talked about the Democratic Party throughout the night, not leaving a whole lot of room for people who identify as Democrats to feel like they were being appealed to. Whereas Joe Biden was repeatedly making overtures of unity, never criticized the Republican Party. And I wonder how you think about it. when. In the end, of course, the only debate viewers who really matter are moderate, undecided voters in these swing states.
4: Michael, I would even point back to what we were talking about before about the way the president was talking about the far left in the Democratic Party. Back in 2016, he was talking to supporters of Bernie Sanders and saying, if you feel fed up with this system, if you feel like the establishment has screwed you, then I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. Four years later, he is talking about that wing of the democratic party as, you know, a threat to public order in every city in America. So I don't know that there was anything in his debate performance tonight that suggested he has in his own mind identified constituencies that are not currently supporting him that might be persuaded to support him.
3: We've you
5: say that's the end of it. This is the I end want of to this see an debate. Ballot count. We're going to leave he it does there. Too. Uh,
3: to be continued as in more debates as we go on. Uh, President Trump, Vice President Biden, it's been an interesting hour and a half. I want to thank you both for participating. Thank you.
2: It was hard to feel good about this debate. It was difficult to watch. And I have to tell you, I don't get a lot of late-night texts from my mother. She's not a political animal. And she's not somebody who curses in text messages. (laughs) But I think she may have summed up a kind of general national mood about this debate with a message she sent me in the middle of it. She wrote, this is a shit show.
4: No, I think your mom just about nailed it. This debate was a fiasco. I've never seen anything like it in a general election, and neither has anybody else. I'm not sure that there's any argument to be made that that debate really served the interests of the American voter. I don't think that there's any particular argument to make that it served the interests of either of the candidates particularly well. If you Mm -hmm. sort of think back to the way we were talking about this at the beginning as a debate about, you know, can Joe Biden close the deal? Can Donald Trump change the race? I don't know that either of those things uh, happened. I'm pretty sure that the president didn't change the race to his benefit. And because of the nature of his conduct on stage, he may have disrupted the debate enough to deny Joe Biden the chance to have a really powerful, stirring, close the deal kind of debate moment. But again, at a cost to himself. And we're now at a point in the campaign where we only have less than five weeks left until election day. More than a million people have already voted. The president is losing in the polls, and every day that he does not fundamentally change the structure of the race is a day that he continues to lose. So in that not terribly inspiring calculus, it's probably a better night for Joe Biden than for the president. That doesn't mean it was a fantastic night for anybody. Or for the United States of America. It was a shit show for the United States of America.
2: <laughs> well, Alex, I truly cannot wait to do this again with you and then one more time after that. <laughs>
4: I'll look forward to it.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thanks. The next presidential debate will be held on October 15th. We'll be right back.
1: The entrepreneurial spirit is resilient. And U.S. Bank is here to make sure that no matter what unknown pops up, business owners know that we have their back. Because problem solvers are the ones that keep us all moving forward by finding ways to close gaps, even when distances are being kept everywhere. So whatever you need to adapt and evolve your business, U.S. Bank is here to support you. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal Housing Lender. Member FDIC.
2: Here's what else you need to know today. On Tuesday, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a significant uptick in the daily rate of positive tests for the coronavirus to the highest number that the city has experienced since June.
4: For the first time in months, you're going to see a daily number over 3%. And obviously, everyone is concerned about that.
2: The mayor said that much of the increase came from nine of the city's 146 zip codes, all in Brooklyn and Queens. But it now threatens a citywide plan to reopen schools for in-person classes. Under guidelines established by the mayor, if the positive test rate exceeds 3% over a seven-day rolling average, public schools would automatically close. That,
4: that is something we all have to work on together to address and something that says to us we have to be on high alert to make sure we fight back this challenge.
2: And Disney said that it would lay off nearly 30,000 workers, most of them from its theme parks in Florida and California because of the pandemic. Disneyland in California has been closed for months because of restrictions put in place by the governor there. Meanwhile, Disney World in Florida reopened in July, but attendance has been weaker than Disney had expected. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Mabarro. See you tomorrow.
4: You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.